Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of Colts Coffee and Conversation. My name is Carl. And I'm Holly. I'd like to welcome you to another wonderful edition to Colts Coffee and Conversation. First, let's do our disclaimer so we can get that out of the way. We are normal, regular human beings, Americans, and we are just doing this for entertainment purposes only. We do not hold degrees in any religious backgrounds. We are just here to observe give our comments, break it down, and find out what we can find out, and uh, go from there. Now, if you want to reach us or contact us, you can always contact us at coltscoffeecon1 at gmail.com. That is our email address. Uh, you can also contact us at Instagram at coltscoffeeconversation. No, it's coltscoffeeconvo. Colts Coffee Convo on Instagram. And then, of course, we do have our Facebook fan page at Colts Coffee Conversation, all one word. And also, we do have the uh, voicemail message system at Anchor. Anchor. We do have it on Anchor as well? Yes. Oh, I did. That's new. I did not know that. All right, awesome. So you also have the that one as well. But please subscribe to where you can sign up to any podcast. Hit subscribe. Like us. Love us. Give us five stars. Tell us that you're just following the rules. I don't care. Just give as long as you give us the five stars, you can say whatever you want in the comments. Just give us those five stars and subscribe, subscribe. I'm begging you to subscribe. Okay, now here we are. We're gonna. This is a very, 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 very special addition to Colts Coffee and Conversation. You want to know why? Why is that, Carl? Because we have a person that is going to tell the tale of a group that they were a members of okay it's very close and near and dear to that individual's heart uh and i'm very very much so looking forward to this this adventure that we're going on together it's special to you yes who is the special person well this special person was part of the uh i believe it's called the ifb and that stands the for the independent fundamental baptist yes Yes, and guess who this person is? Person, would you please introduce yourself to the Colts Coffee and Conversation group? Hello, my name is Holly. Oh, got you guys, that's right. Holly was involved at a tender young age uh, for the IFB, and of course that's the Independent Fundamental Baptist. I'm not going to be saying that 50,000 times over, and neither will Holly, but we're just going to call it the IFB. Yes. For short. Mm -hmm. So we're going to go ahead and get into it. We're going to talk about how she got involved in it. We're going to talk about who the, the leaders were, the setup and everything. So guess what? Buckle your seatbelts, ladies and gentlemen, because we are going on for a ride. So let's go ahead and talk a little bit about the Independent Fundamental Baptist or the IFB. So the IFB it looks like it's based out of you said what uh, Chicago the suburb of Chicago. Oh, it was uh, Hammond, Indiana. Ah, Hammond, Indiana, boy, I was off on that one. We're gonna go ahead and uh, get into the the section to where how how did how you know what? Let's start from the beginning. How did you get involved with the IFB? Yes, Carl. Thank you. How it started was when I was a young child. We lived in San Jose, California. And my mother thought it was a good idea for us to go to Sunday school for some Christian instructions. So what we did, my sisters and I, we went to a, a Sunday school at the Church of the Foothills. Hmm. And it was a Baptist church, but mm -hmm. it was an American Baptist church. 
And I went there from 1959 to about 1966. So it's kindergarten through sixth grade. Okay, seven years. Yeah, I really enjoyed it there. I only went to Sunday school. I never went to the big church because my mother felt that at that age I wouldn't get anything out of it anyway. Okay. Now, she did not attend. Okay. She would just drop us off. Mm. My sisters went with me and we walked there and we got picked up by our mother after Sunday school. So I think my sister Meredith was baptized there. Okay. In fact, I know she was because we were there to watch her. And the unusual part of that was instead of going down backwards in being immersed that most Baptists do, and there's, of course, no sprinkling, she went (laughs) forward. They baptized her forward. And I don't know why. I've never seen that Hmm. since, but that was just something unusual. The thing that... I remember was that when I was in seventh grade, Mm -hmm. for some reason, I felt uncomfortable in the Sunday school class. Okay. And I think it possibly could have been because we all sat in a circle. Now, in those days, in the 60s, in the mid-60s, a little bit past that, everyone wore dresses and skirts. And, you know, you were dressed up to go to Sunday school. You weren't in comfortable clothes. You put on your Sunday best, as Yes, you did. Mm. And I remember when you're in that age, I wasn't a skinny mini. I wasn't fat by any means, because I look back, I would look fine. But I didn't know how to cross my legs like an adult lady. Ah. So I had to sit there and make sure that my knees were kept together the whole time, because you don't want to have that you know, that going on with a co-ed class. Right. So I just remember I was kind of like keeping my knees together. That's all I could think about. So I did not enjoy that class. Mm. And then I kind of remember I didn't have any church friends that I can remember. Mm. I mean, I might have known people, but I don't remember any of them at all. Mm. And I think it was because my parents weren't, members of that church you know i was just dropped off for an hour on sunday and picked up now real quick on the so just so you being a youth you would would you be considered a member of the church just by going to the sunday schools no because i wasn't baptized yet ah and in baptist churches you get baptized to become a member okay okay i was too small you were At too small. Point. Yeah. And how old would they say that you'd have to? About twelve. Twelve. Oh, okay. Okay. So I was coming into that age by mm-hmm. this time, seventh grade. Well, one of my best friends at the time invited me to her family's church. Okay. And would pick me up every Sunday, and I not only went to Sunday school but stayed for the big church. So I was happy because that way I really liked this family. They all went to church. They lived down the street. We went to school together. And There's I thought, a comfortability there. Yeah, it was really nice. And so we went. And now, the, yes, Real quick. Now, the church that you originally went to just for Sunday school, what kind of Baptist was that? Oh, it was an American Baptist church. Okay. Now, the American Baptists were what we would consider in those days more liberal, which meant that they did they did have a different version of the Bible. They read out of the RSV, which is the Revised Standard Version. Mm-hmm. And that was a new version that came out that was all controversial with more conservative Christians. Right. Now, with this new church, what, what are they also considered American? Oh, the other church I went the to? The new one. The new one. No, the new one was actually the, the first church that I was in that was an IFB. 
So you, independent fundamental Baptist church. So okay, so you went from basically an American to an IFB church. Yes. Okay, so. But it was still Baptist at that point. Who knows? You know, I didn't. I was a child. I didn't know the difference. I just knew okay because you were just basically, basically a Baptist. You just yeah. you just labeled yourself as a Baptist. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Fair so enough. it seemed okay. It wasn't a natural big, transition. Right. It wasn't a big uh, variance of what, you know. Okay. I was already in. All so right. my mother was fine with it. Okay. We went to Sunday school. And I had the pastor's wife teaching me. In fact, it happened for 7th and 8th grade. And I really loved her so much. I enjoyed her class. I don't remember exactly how she taught, but I just liked it. I was very engaged. A lot better than the other one. Right. And the other thing that was different, very different, was the pastor at the Church of the Foothills was calm. And, you know, just a, a, he was a, a teacher, I guess more. But very more monotone-ish? Not really monotone, but, you know, you're a kid, most adults talking are kind of like Charlie Brown, rah, 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 you know? Right. So it didn't affect me one way or the other because at Church of the Foothills, I did go to the vacation Bible schools that were fun. I did the Easter and Christmas programs, you know, so I, I was only with the pastor at those times. Right. Everything else was Sunday school. Right. Well, when I went into this other church, and this other church was called United Baptist Church, Mm. and it was in San Jose, California. Well, the pastor would scream and holler in his sermons. (laughs) I mean, literally, he was a white guy, very young at the time. You know, I didn't realize how young he was until later, because, you know, you're a kid. Everybody over the age of 19 is an adult to you. How old was he? Let's see. He was, let's see if I was, I'm sorry, I had doing the math here. Probably 22. Oh, wow, that yeah. is young. Yeah, okay. I mean, that's how young he was, 22, wow. 23 years old. Gotcha. So he was fiery, you know, and he would he would go, and he would really scream and holler. Oh. Okay, and, and he would pound the pulpit, oh. <laughs> and he would walk around, and he would get like... Extremely animated. Oh, yeah. I mean, Wow would have liked to have some videos of that I've never found any uh anyway so I was not bored let's just put it that way right obviously and got since your I was in seventh grade I was beginning to comprehend adult topics gotcha okay that seemed to be the and that's why I think they like to say about 12 years old is when you become the age of accountability right okay now The main topic of all the morning service was if you are not saved by accepting Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you were on your way to hell. Mm. Okay, well, I understood about Jesus Christ from all my Sunday schools. You know, we had all the the stories. We had all the Old Testament stories and New Testament stories. I love Jesus. But that question would always be, have you ever accepted Jesus Christ into your heart? Right. And I'm like, no. I mean, I just knew about him. I believed in him. It wasn't like a thing that you, you were, do. You were aware of him. Yeah. Well, it wasn't like this process. Right. So their process was that you had to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior in a public way. Like I said, I never asked Christ into my heart in the way that they said. I decided after Christmas one year... I would go forward and accept Christ. 
And so I did. New Year's Day in 1967, I was saved. Cool beans. So what you do is in those churches, they sing just as I am without one plea. They do like about 99 verses of that. Okay? 99 verses of it? Well, okay. I exaggerate. Oh, okay. I was like, are you, I'm actually taking like least, everything literal. I'm like, at 99? least five to seven verses. Is the same thing over and over again, like repetitive? Yes. Well, there's different verses. Oh, okay. But it's, you know... How long, like, ballpark timing of the song? What, 10 oh, minutes? Prob- oh, yeah, at least. And you're singing it, you know. Anybody that's been to a Baptist church... That a was concert- song. Oh, yes. <laughs> I mean, like- it was... You don't sing anything else. Really? No. Mm. Honest to goodness. You mm. only sing just as I am. And if anybody out there knows, you've been in these type of Baptist churches, you know what I am talking about. Let me okay? guess. You still know every word of it, don't you? I do. I don't I won't go into it right now. No, it's fine. But anyway, I got saved and I really believe it was a good experience. It was a true one because I did think about it. I made that decision. I was nervous as all get out. I had to go forward and you know, and then you go into a little room and they have a counselor and they tell you the Romans Road, which is something that we'll talk about later. But it's a few verses just t- telling you that, you know, you are a sinner, you need a Savior, Christ came to save you, and that you accept Him into your heart, you pray a prayer, and you're saved. Right. Okay? Got it. About six months later, I was baptized. Okay. Okay, so that's the main part of how I stepped into the doors of an IFB church. Now, I did not know it was an IFB church okay. at the time. But but it was an IFB then. Yes, because the pastor there, his name uh, was Larry Chapel. He's still alive, but his name is Larry Chapel, mm-hmm. and he, at that time, was just starting this church. And well, he didn't start the church. He took it over. They called him. They they called him to preach. Mm-hmm. He came from the Central Valley, and he called to preach there. They were involved with the Conservative Baptist Church. And that's a denomination. It's, okay, it's a denomination. Yeah, let, yeah, let's let's talk about this for a second, because most people people just think, oh, Baptist is Baptist, all Baptists are the same. They're not, right? So if you have the conservative, which we talked about, conservatives just what was it? The S what? The King the the version the Bible version. Oh, okay. So the American Baptists were more liberal. The no. conservative Baptists was a denomination. So they had a structure where they had a headquarters, right. and everybody you know came out from there. It's organized, and it was very organized. Right. And he didn't like that because they're going to tell him what to do. And gotcha. when you're an independent fundamental Baptist, you don't want anybody above the actual pastor telling you what to do. It's, okay. Okay. So the hierarchy is the pastor is in charge, the deacons, you know, so they have a certain setup. So yeah. he had to withdraw that church right. from that denomination, which is probably a legal and financial thing that he had to do. Right. Now I wasn't in on all the ins yeah, and no, the outs. Just, yeah, we're just kind of obviously because I was 12. Right. No, I'm just kind of just, you know, painting a picture of some yes. people thinking, well, all Baptists aren't all Baptists the same. The answer is no. Okay, so now the independent fundamental Baptists, some of their key things is they are King James only Bible now, people. Now, this is not the new King James. This no. is King James version. What, what number did you say again? Uh, it's it's uh, the year 1611. Okay. 16. So it's so it's a KJV 1611. 1611. That's the lingo for it. Okay? <laughs> Hashtag That's... KJV 1611. Oh, okay? oh, yeah, we're going to do that one. Okay, so that, so, yeah, so they're independent. In other words, they 
they don't have fellowship together. They right. might have pastors' meetings. They support schools right. together. Right. But they don't have someone, if you don't do this, you're going to get kicked out of your church as a right. pastor. No, right. they don't do that. They don't do that. Okay, okay, so that's kind of the basis of it. All right, so let's go and break down the uh, the IFB real quick. So let's let's rewind. How did how let's talk about how this all got started? You're saying that the pastor there he was not the you could say the the head leader uh, of all of the IFB. No, no. he was he a started young man. It, right? Did he, he didn't start it right? No, no, no. He was okay. a young man. Obviously, he was 22, right. 23 years right. old. Mm-hmm. He went to uh, Western Bi- uh, Baptist Bible College in uh, I think it's in Minnesota. Okay. But anyway, he was there and, you know, got his training and then he came out and did some stuff. So what you're asking is, who was the leader of this? Who was the starter? Uh, Who started, kick-started, however you want to call it, the IFB? What I would say, in my opinion... Was Dr. Jack Hiles? Okay, Dr. Jack Hiles. Okay, we'll we'll get into him in a little bit later on. But let's go ahead and talk about like what did the okay? Let's talk about Jack Hiles because obviously he's the one who created the IFB. Is this correct? Yes, he is. Okay, right. Now, we'll, we'll we'll get into the details with the IFB, but let's talk about the ministry itself. Though. Yes, let's talk let's about, talk the, about ministry. the ministry itself. What did they do? Okay, like, what did so they do? we have I have some a list here of things that I thought about. Okay, and oh. A lot of these things are general to most churches. Okay. Okay, and some are very unique to the IFB type churches. Right. Okay. Okay. So let's go over some of the things. Like what? Like what did they, did they have us? They had, obviously they had a Sunday school. Yes, right? they had a Sunday school that we had. You know, we had the different classes, just like everyone else. We sang little Sunday school songs. Had flannel graph. Got taught the. Time out. What's flannel graph? Oh. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Flannel graph? You just throw now, that out there. Anybody out there that you know went to Sunday school in the 60s, 70s, even up probably up to the 80s, had flannel graph. And what it is is so cool. They have a, it's a board, you know, like a, a storyboard. Right. And it has flannel. And if you're, it's a you know, piece of flannel, like a, a cloth. Right, okay. okay. Flannel like PJs. All right. Only they would have some really talented people sometimes that would do chalk drawing on them that would make a background. Like if it's going to be a desert scene or a pastoral scene or whatever it would be. And maybe, you know, for part of the story. Okay. And then they had like their, their, their uh, paper figures. They had flannel in the back. And you would put the house there, or the donkey, or the little men, and you would tell the story, say, about... Joseph and Mary. Yeah, Joseph and Mary, right. and you would have the, you know, and you put the stable there, you know, and you have all these different... You paint a picture. Yeah, and you but have... it's on flannel. Yeah, it's on flannel, kind of like paper dolls. Okay. And you don't even know what paper dolls are, because that was in my generation. That's... But that's why they were teaching my generation, so they used flannel graph. Okay, fair enough. All right, go <laughs> Okay. I'm sorry, I was like, that was a little. No, that's that's very interesting. Okay, what else? Now the regular stuff would be camp. Okay. Youth. Okay, youth camp. Now it's funny about youth camp, is I was thinking about this. The only things that I, oh, there's a few elements of youth camp. We had to get into a broken down Sunday school bus. Okay. <laughs> that would hopefully we crossed our fingers that we make it to camp because it's always hundreds of miles away. Oh uh, yeah. Okay, and there's no air conditioning. We're up in Northern California, going through the Central Valleys, it's getting nice. to the mountains, and it's hotter than you know what in the Central Valley in in the summertime nice. with no air 
Okay, that's one of the things. But also, they would just do preaching and teaching in the morning after breakfast. Right. And then we would, you know, have a break of some sort. Okay. We would have lunch. I don't even remember what we did in the afternoon, to be honest with you. Mm. I really don't. I just remember we had dinner, and after dinner, we had a chapel kind of place. You know, like we would go in, and they would preach and teach, and they would motivate us, our emotions, like, oh, we want to, you know, surrender our whole selves to Christ. If we had sin in our lives, we need to confess all that stuff, go gotcha. forward, right? and, you know, surrender to preach, teach, do something else, you know, how or long, get saved, even. How long were these camps? Well, summer camp was probably a week. Okay. And winter camp was probably four days or so. Right. Okay. Okay. Now, the other things... Well, oh, go ahead. No, I mean, that's, that's you know... Uh, oh, okay, some having, of the things that I... Uh, or the camp that I they do remember. Yeah, I mean, because so you went to camp. What? Yeah, I was going to say, what do you remember about as far as the camps go? Okay, so in the summer of July 1969, we went up to a high-altitude camp in the Colorado Rockies. Mm. That was a really far trip from San Jose. Yeah, it is. Okay, so we were outside of Cortez, Colorado. Okay. Okay, so that's in the southwest corner of Colorado. Okay. It's by four corners a little bit. Okay. Okay? I was up there. We were really high up. I remember it was scary as all get out because we were on this gravel road, and all you could see was, you know, a ravine that went straight down, mm. and you're worried the whole bus... The buses were not... Okay, they were not... They're definitely not road safety now. I thought we were going to go off. We went there. We got there late for whatever reason. We got in a tent. It was so cold. We were so hot from being there in the desert and coming up to the altitude that we just plopped down on our our sleeping bags. And I remember waking up a couple hours later like frozen. Wow. I guess a man uh, had a heart attack up there. Oh, wow. And one of our... uh, counselors so we all moved down and it was raining and all these issues were happening but I do remember that I found out that a man walked on the moon by overhearing an adult talking about it oh that's cool well it wasn't cool I was upset why well because I watched the space race the whole time from the beginning from 60 61 I would wake up at four in the morning watch this stuff and now I miss the most important thing that ever happened you missed the end yes I did hmm Anyway. <laughs> oh, it's fine. And one winter camp, we went snow tubing. Right. And I only went halfway up the slope because it was looked dangerous. Right. It was not an official tubing site. Of course not. I ended up wiping out and dislocating my elbow. <laughs> I hurt so bad they had to carry me to the car and drive me to the hospital where they pulled it back in place. Ooh, yeah, that was fun. Okay. Okay. I mean, these are nothing... You know, really unusual about these kind of activities. Right. I mean, what did, what was there like? What What did they do as far as like? I understand this is the kid part. What about the adult part? What What were adults doing? Okay. Like so, for example, what did they do? Witnessing? What did they do? You know. Yes. Okay. So what we're going to talk about next is the soul winning. Okay. Now, what the heck is soul winning? That sounds different, doesn't it? I don't know if you've heard about it before. No. Okay. You say it's witnessing. Ah, okay. Okay. There, it was soul winning. Okay. You were witnessing, but you were soul winning. 
Witnessing to me is you're telling your story. Boom. Okay. You know? Right. Soul winning means you got to win that soul. Okay? Ooh. You got to win it. It's, you got to make that it's sale. It's life or death. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so what is soul winning? Right. Okay, soul winning is when we went door to door. Okay. Knocked on the door. Hello. You know, we introduced sounds, ourselves. Sounds similar. Where we were from. To some other belief kind system. Kind of. A little but bit door to door. We were on ourselves. Okay. Now, this is my experience because we were in the youth group and we'd go out and they'd drop so, us off in these neighborhoods. Okay, so real quick. So what you're saying is that they would drop kids off to do all this? Where are the adults in the room? Well, they were driving around the van just making sure that, you know, he kept track of everybody. What? They made the kids do all the dirty work? No, no, no. Adults did it too, but at a different time. Oh, okay. All right. I'm sitting there like I'm trying. What? Is, adults what? did it um, on Saturdays. Okay. No, go ahead. Okay. So we would go and we have a national youth survey and we would knock on the door. Hello, my name is Holly. I am from United Baptist Church here, in, you know, down the street. Uh, we are taking the national youth survey and I was wondering if you have any teenagers in the house. Okay, that's creepy. No, no. And they would say, well, remember, this is not too far away from the Fuller Brush Man who would knock on the door and sell you vacuums and cleaning supplies. Oh, okay. All right. Brooms. I mean, nowadays, someone knocks a, yeah, right. like well, to it's... take a survey? Like, no. <laughs> but this is back in the days where... Different time, different It era. was, yeah. And so they would say, oh, sure, you know, and they would have their child or their teenager come, and we'd talk to them. And we have a series of questions. I don't think it was too long. But it would guide them into the the last question would be, if you die tonight, do you know for sure you would go to heaven? Mm. Okay. And they would say yes or no. Right. And if most of them said no, I'm not sure. Well, if you could be sure, do you want to know? how to do that gotcha okay okay so it's a setup right and then we would go through the what we would call the romans road okay let's talk about the romans road real quick now if you guys folks are bible readers at all and of course you know i'm a new king james version bible reader it doesn't really matter doesn't really it all matter, works but it all works it's correct what what is the romans road well not, not to get too i won't i won't it, do yeah. it too much because okay so romans road is you have romans three ten. For all have sinned, come short of the glory of God. Okay, Romans three twenty three, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Okay, you have Romans six twenty three, that might have been the wages of sin. I'm not sure. Then you have Romans ten nine to ten, which is basically for whosoever like shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, or right. something of that nature. It's been a while since I've done them. But I used to know how to crank it out pretty quickly. And I did a, quite a bit of memorization to you know combat questions that people might have. Right. You go through this, and then you accept that, you know, this is a gift. What's a gift? If I give you a gift, what you have to do is to accept it. If you don't accept it, it's not a gift, and it just, you know, doesn't become yours. So would you like to accept this gift of salvation? And they would say yes or no. Okay. Okay, well then all we have to do is bow our heads, close our eyes, you know, pray a prayer, repeat after me. Right. And you would, you know, they would go through this prayer to accept Christ into their heart. Right. Okay, you get their information. Gotcha. And then you could follow up on them or someone else would follow right. up on them later. Gotcha. Now, a lot of this is called easy believism. And this was a thing 
back in those days. A bone of contention within a lot of evangelical Christians. Okay. Okay? Okay. So that's just that. Yes, go okay, ahead. Okay, so you're doing all this kind of stuff. Now, when if I would actually lead a prayer, then I want a soul. Gotcha. So when you go back to youth group, you got, I, you was, got I, was a, I want to praise the Lord for my testimony. I would like to praise the Lord. I was able to lead five people to the Lord. Wait a minute. Hold on. Time, time out. Wait, what? Hold. Okay, hold on. So what you tell... Wait. Stop. Oh, gosh. Okay, so what you're telling me is this, that you had to get up. Now, is this in a big church or is this in... This? Youth group. Youth group. Okay. So you have... All right, let me break this down so a little more people who kind of need to understand this. So you have Sunday school for the little ones. Youth group is from what age to what age? Ballpark. Probably 7th through 12th. 7th through 12th grade. So junior high, high school. Yeah. Okay. So you guys would have your own services? No. We would go into the big service. But we would have our own Sunday school. And then at night, we come back on Sunday nights. What? Yeah, we have Sunday morning. Oh, we have Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday nights, Wednesday nights. And then we would have Saturdays. We would go out. Or maybe it was Thursday nights in the summertime or whatever. I don't remember exactly. So ballpark, how many days are you at the church? Well, me, I uh, would be all day Sunday practically. And then Wednesday, and then the visitation stuff, yeah. Or the soul winning. Three, wow. only three. Only three, but, but... But then if they had an activity on Friday or Saturday, we would get to go. Which was fun, but I don't remember any of them. The only ones I remember are the banquets that we would have, because they had to battle the high school proms and stuff of that nature. Okay. Because we weren't allowed to dance. What? Oh, gosh. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay, so that's what I'm just saying. They uh, had just, banquets instead. Uh, okay. So we'd have to get dressed up. We'd get the corsage, have a date. But it would be a boy, you know, usually a Christian boy. Well, obviously, who else would okay. want to go? Do you guys sit at the same table? Yes. Okay. All right. I'm just trying but to... But it was a banquet, but no... No dancing. No dancing. What kind of music were they playing to us? It was just not... Just, just I don't remember. Up. Okay. And if it was music, it was probably piano, organ, with hymn stuff. There was no worship like we do now with Hillsong. You know, there's none of those Chris Tomlins. And, I like Hillsong. Oh, I know. I'm just know. saying they didn't <laughs> exist in those okay. days. Okay. All right. They remember, this was the hippie music. They could not have any hippie music. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Well, all right. Let's yeah, let's talk. Okay. You want to talk about the music? Let's we're talk going about, right we're into We're already it. in the music. Let's well, talk the, about the music. Well, the music was pretty simple. Okay. You had piano and organ. Boring. No, actually, it was okay because at the particular church, this United Baptist Church, the pastor was young, okay, and he wanted things lively. Wait a minute, hold on. You just threw a curveball at me. United Baptist Church? I thought this was an IFB. It is. United Baptist Church was an IFB, but it doesn't. It wasn't. Oh, okay. All right. It so, was, yeah. so what you're saying is that it's under the umbrella yes. of an IFB. But it's, it's the belief system. But of the, the church IFB. was called United Baptist Church. Okay, thank you. All right. Okay. So the music. Let's go back. Okay, so the music was up upbeat because he really liked upbeat, you know. Well, I, and I would hope so. he was young, so okay. and he was probably like country music, but wasn't allowed to like say that because he was from Colorado originally. But anyway, okay. so we would have fast piano, fast organ, like. Instead of it would be kind like, of like a, a what was it what are they called a barbershop? Yes. Okay. 
Yes, a little bit more like that. It's a little more marchy. They had a little more march feel to it. You know, all the old standard hymns out of the hymnal. No, nothing like that. Nothing. It was like, what a fellowship, what a joy divine, leaning on the everlasting arms. That's fast, very fast. Okay, all right, okay. So... Okay, so that was easy. No guitars, no drums, nothing. Okay. I mean, they they didn't have any orchestration, orchestra. That's all fluff. Right. Because the point was winning souls, getting them in, getting all that stuff. Okay, so okay. let's talk about, okay, let's get into, let's get into talk about. So all this is just, so what were they preaching on Sundays when you were in the big church? What okay. was it all about? I mean, what? yes. Let's, let's talk about that because all I see is, the fo- main focus is soul winning, soul winning, soul winning. Yes, so let's what talk about... What are we soul winning for? Okay, well, on well, the church... Well, what's the prep? What's the, well, we, so why? when we go into big church on mm-hmm. Sunday morning, the mm-hmm. pastor would talk about the salvation message. Talk or scream? He would scream it. <laughs> okay. Okay? And he would scream the salvation message. And if you don't accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you will die and go to hell. Mm, that sounds fun. Okay. And it was true. I mean, that was what he did. That's what he, he would lay it out a little better than the Romans road. He'd have all kinds of angles, you know, for it. Thief on the cross, Lazarus, all these things, all the different things. He would always, always bring it back down to to salvation. Okay. Always a salvation message. And that's because he had so many visitors. He wanted to get them saved. Right. Okay. And then they would come and... Soul winning. Yeah, soul winning. That's what it's all about. So that music, all of it was just sort of like a compliment to get that, that accomplished. Now, the now as far as this goes, it's more of a very rapture... What is the rapture, right? Well, yeah. Well, it's, it's rapture-based from what I'm understanding. Okay. So what that was... Because all, let's I, go into dovetail from getting... No, so what I'm trying to say is... Dovetail? Yes. That we're dovetailing the subject of soul winning, staying out of hell, getting saved. Why would we want to get saved? That's okay. what. That's what. So now we had, it was a rapture, teaching. Okay. Okay. On the rapture. So we're now, doing teaching. Okay. So what these... is the rapture? We, you know, most people listening to this, they may or may not know what that means. Okay. Right. Now the interesting part about the rapture, it wasn't taught until the eight, the the nineteenth century. Right. And it became popular in the early 20th century. All the Christians prior, there was no such thing as the rapture. Okay. 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 All right. So what is the rapture? Well, at a time unknown, believers will be bodily taken up to heaven by Christ. Okay. Now that's not, the Christ is not returning yet. He is just, he is coming in the clouds and taking people up. Right. Okay. Okay. And the people left behind won't know where they went. Okay. Now the people left behind will have to go through a tribulation of seven years. Now okay. a tribulation, the first three and a half years will be okay, and the last three and a half years will be terrible. Okay? The Antichrist will take over the world and people will have the mark of the beast on their bodies in order to buy or sell anything or work or do anything. Right. Those who refuse the mark will die a martyr's death in order to redeem themselves and get to heaven. Okay. So it's very motivating to get saved before this happens. Right. Uh, I, I see that. We always had to be ready for the return of Christ, or the rapture, actually. Those who have not heard the gospel will die and go to hell. Their blood will be on our hands because we didn't warn them. So wow. this is another reason why we had to soul win and get them in. 
That's you see where I'm going with yeah, that. I do. Yes, I do. And that's if insane. you, and I mean, to yeah. to put that in your head that, that the blood will be on your hands. Oh yes, all the time. That's that's brutal. Okay, and now the missionaries will go out to the world, but we had to support those missionaries. You don't give your your money, which right. was faith promise. That's yeah. a whole other thing. Yeah. But the faith promise money to go to the missionaries, then the blood of those people that would have heard if you would have given the money is on your hands. Okay. Okay, so this was used to steer people into ministry okay. and always doing church work. Right. Okay, so it's fear it was a fear it's a based, based belief. belief. And it it was another excuse for not advancing in your education and your career. If you wow. wanted to go, say, to Stanford, which was right nearby. Yeah, in Berkeley. All that too. Those were secular, terrible institutions. Now let me frame this up a little bit more. Okay. We're talking about 1968, 69, 70. Summer love. So we're talking, yes, we're talking about we're only 50 miles south of San Francisco. Mm. So all this stuff is happening. You you know, I visited up there in Haight-Ashbury at that time. I went to Berkeley at that time. Just for, you know, I, I'm the type of person that just wants to see what's going on. Not that I would go into it like, you know, I want to be that you way. Just want to witness what... I want to see what it's all about. Right. And I was pretty young, and my sisters took me up there. <laughs> they were a lot older. Right. This church here is very conservative and strict, and they're fighting this hippie movement. Oh, okay. Okay, so that's the, the music. Right. Okay, all of the music, which I love dearly, which I listen to anyway, regardless. That's because my parents weren't in the church, so they didn't enforce that rule. The dress, I like to dress like a hippie. You know, I just like to. Also, you used to have some some clothes that were pretty hippie-ish. Of course, of course. So when they're, you're talking about going to, we had a San Jose State at the time. It was called San Jose State. Now it's a university. All of that, they had these underground magazines that they would be pretty wild, okay, and radical. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, that's that's basically ground zero. It for, was. Yeah. It was. It was ground zero. All of that Bay Area. Yeah. This was what they were fighting with the youth, was all of the music, the dress, the, the free love, the, the, the drugs. I mean, the whole culture was very alluring. And so that's why they clamped down at this point on us. We couldn't have guitars for our sing, sing-along. Because you, know? you could fall into the trap yes. of, oh, wow. It was an evil instrument, literally. <laughs> and a drum, the drums were bad and the reason why was because those came out of Africa and you have those gyrations of the people dancing to the drums in Africa and so we couldn't have that in the church <laughs> this is all new to me so <laughs> <laughs> no I'm no no this is the thing this is reality okay uh, I, okay wow okay so this is part of the use the use this is your youth movement. Uh, yes. Well, we were here in the church, and this is what they were fighting against. Right. Okay, we're in California, so there's a lot of swimming pools. Well, yeah, pools. California is just alone. It's its own Yeah, well, we were in Northern California. Well, yeah. You know, and but we had, there were swimming pools. People like to swim, but they had this thing about no, and they called it no mixed bathing. Now, we were not getting into bathtubs together. But since you're in a big, huge body of water... That's bathing. It's an old Southern term. Gotcha. Okay, A lot of these people from the South, Midwest, these are terms that came right, with okay. it. All right. 
Okay, so we had to, you know, separate swimming areas and separate stuff like that. Right. No pants. We never wore pants. Mm. Okay, and most people didn't wear pants in those days anyway. They wore, like you said, Sunday best. Right. But pants were coming into more and more. And I remember when my mother came to church to watch me get baptized, I was all nervous. She came in pants? Yes. Because <laughs> my mother didn't wear a skirt after a while, you know. She right. was a school teacher. Anyway, the yeah. bottom line is... This these were huge deals. All right, so let's get back to. Well, no, because we, we were just talking about you know the no, rapture. The rapture oh, yeah. part. Okay. So, so okay, basically, it's very rapture based as far as they hammered you heavy with the rapture between the rapture and dying and going to hell. Right. Okay. So what what else about now? Something about some buses. What? The bus ministry. Yeah. Was a popular way to evangelize children. Okay. So. The majority of what we talk about, buses are always involved for some strange reason. Well, the buses are... Okay, so the, let's talk about what, what what they did here in United Baptist Church. Okay. It came from, you get a bus, a school bus. You know, usually they're, they're the ones that are being sold off from a school district of course, or something. Of course. And you go pick up children from the neighborhoods. Now, how do you get those children? Well, people, workers, go out every Saturday, and they start early. They go all day, and they knock on doors. Hi, you know, we're from this church. We would, we're inviting your children, you know, to ride our bus to Sunday school. Would and that be now, okay? Now, did they use the your little forms no. and stuff? To no, that's it? different. Okay, all right. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, so these were mostly adults that would do it. Okay, no, okay. no, this is fine. So they would ha- sign up for a bus route. You have this territory. This is the driver. And these are workers. Hmm. So you go out to your mapped out territory and you would knock on all the doors and then you would sign up kids. Now, most of them were in poorer neighborhoods. Right. Parents would go, fine. Get them out of here. Yeah, get them out of here because you're picking them up anywhere from 8 eight to 9 to 10 o'clock. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then they would, you know, do their, their two hours at the church, which is Sunday school and junior church or whatever they had. I didn't, I didn't do that because I, I was a drive-in. We'll talk about that later versus a bus kid. Gotcha. Okay. But they would teach them and then they would drop them back off. Gotcha. Okay. You would fill a bus, 30 kids, and they didn't have the safety rules. They would just put them in there, you know. They would sing songs on the bus and entertain them and stuff. But that's how they would grow their Sunday school because the goal was to get the biggest Sunday school in the IFB. This is the Independent Fundamental Baptist Church of all the fellowship churches. Right. Okay. It was like a contest, and we had different contests also to grow the church. Go on. So, well, the bus <laughs> ministry, they would have their own bus contest. Uh-huh. Okay, so you have bus, you know, Route A, Route B, or whatever they called, Red, Red, Blue, whatever the routes were called. Right. And then they would see how many they could get more from the the next from week to week or how many they had in the quarter. I mean it's all like a sales mentality to gotcha. be honest with mm-hmm. you. And what is the reward you got? <laughs> and your rewards in heaven. Okay. Now these adults not only are they going to they're you know they're spending all their Saturdays doing this and then all day Sundays they do this. That's their weekends. Yeah, that's their whole weekend. Wow. Okay. Okay. All right. So the contest that we would do, mm-hmm. I actually won. I won a contest. What did you win besides a clap? I won, well, because I was a kid. No, I won a 10-speed bicycle, and it was really a nice one. Oh, that's cool. 
In those days, it's probably about a hundred dollar one. Well, a hundred dollars then is probably a thousand dollars now. It was a lot, yeah. Right. That's cool. Yeah. Well, what did I have to do, Carl, to in order to win that thing? Win souls. I had to bring people to church. On that bicycle. No. <laughs> I had to win it first. I mean, oh. I had to win it first. Oh, okay. I couldn't so. use it. Oh, okay. So, so my goals. Right. It's all goal setting. Twenty children. And I had to, you know, verify it. So I had, to, you know, they had to come in and get registered on my, on my your account. account? Uh huh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Twenty children, uh-huh. fifteen, yeah, fifteen teenagers, and ten adults. Wait, 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 hold on. You mean to tell me that the goal was twenty kids? 15, teen- 15 teenagers and 10 adults. Now, this is like within a 10-week period or something of that nature. Okay. And this, and they had different like, prizes. They had like this 10 families or uh, five families. Well, just do the math. I am. That's okay. It's a lot of people. It's a ton of people. And you won the bike. Yes. How many did you get? Do you remember your numbers? Was yeah, that- I got 20. Children. Oh, these are the 15 numbers. Fifteen adults. Oh, okay. I mean, fifteen teenagers. Teenagers and ten adults. Yes. Over that week, that period of time. And that, so, did the church set these goals, or that yes. was? Yes. Oh. In order to win the bike, I had to do that. Oh, jeez. What was second place? I don't know. Five remember. kids, two teenagers, and yeah, an adult. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, oh, you know, gee. at that point. Look at you. At that, when, when you're in a sales organization, you always want to be the top salesperson. Of course. Okay, so you don't remember what second prize is. Oh, my God. Okay, that's that's awesome. Okay, so can you get the theme of it? Bring them bring in, in, bring, bring them, in. them in, bring them in from those fields of sin. Yeah, okay. You didn't know that that's a hymn. No, I did not know. <laughs> mean to laugh but this is gold okay. no but that stuff is from the you know like from the 19th century all the way through okay oh my gosh. those are hymns Bring i knew men from the field of sin i'm gonna be humming that all day okay that is gold okay so okay so you so have the bus ministry so yeah now what is this sword of the lord conference okay sword? because when we brought this up about sword of the lord dad's like they still do sword of the lord oh my gosh i'm like wait what 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 i'm sorry huh <laughs> what? Sword this was an everyday conversation for us, so you not knowing about it is kind of funny. Well, no, I. Well, why I would mean, you I've know? I've heard the term "sword of the Lord" is like the sword of the Lord is our strength, kind of stuff. Yeah, that and the sword of the Lord in Gideon. You know, I don't know that one. Oh gosh, okay. Okay. <laughs> so, how much I paid attention, but no, it's just okay because I'm because when as soon as you mentioned it, Dad's like, "Oh my God, what?" Like he like perked up. Of course. Okay, so what is this Sword of the Lord Conference? Well, the Sword of the Lord Conference came about because John R. Rice, he was an evangelist. Okay. And a preacher. He was a Sword of the Lord, and he was an evangelist and a preacher. Mm -hmm. And he started the publication, a publishing house called the Sword of the Lord. And they they had books that he wrote and others, and also a newspaper Okay. called the Sword of the Lord. And they they would print... Preaching that gotcha. people, you know, they would transcribe preaching okay. know, but, and send it out. Okay. So the sword of the Lord came 
because people really liked it. Hey, let's have, let's a, conference. have a conference. Okay, okay. All right. So what would this? Would this? What would this be in the daytime? Afternoon? What? What, what was yeah, this? I'm trying to think of how it went. Probably Thursday and Friday nights, Saturdays, they would have evening services on the the work days. Okay. And then Saturdays they would they would have probably something going on. But I remember just going in the evening. Okay, so you went, all right. Mm-hmm. Okay, because I was a kid. I wasn't going to go Thursday, and I gotcha. wasn't going to go Friday. Right. Unless they had something youthy there. Gotcha, okay. Now, the big deal was they had John R. Rice, and then they would have Jack Hiles come. Okay. Now, Jack Hiles, he was based in Hammond, Indiana. And he was a mentor to our pastor, Larry Chapel. Now, by this time, Larry Chapel might be 25, you know, because I'm getting older now. Right. But he's still very young. Right. And I would imagine Jack Hiles is probably 15, 20 years his senior. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. And lots of experience. Right. And all these ideas for all the things that we just talked about are from Jack Hiles and his church, First Baptist Church in Hammond, Indiana, like the bus ministry and all that. We won't go into that, but we would go to the Sword of the Lord conferences. Mm -hmm. Real quick, did you take me to one of these? No. Does he sound super... Oh, no, that was was the power team. Never mind, go ahead. Yeah, that's something different. We would have to listen to John R. Rice preach first. Well, okay, by the time he was doing this, he was elderly, okay? And it was terrible. Just like the previous pastor from your previous church. No, I don't remember the back. The pa- well, maybe. Maybe. Okay. I don't know. Was but it like monotone or no, just like? No, I can't describe it. It like, just. Like, I oh, was I used this, to this and blah to dot. Well, da, 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 I was da. used to a man who was screaming. hollering and yeah. screaming and pounding the pulpit. Yeah. This guy was way too old for that kind of stuff. Oh, you know? this guy was more like the silky smooth sounds of. No, he was just teaching. He's oh. probably. I would have enjoyed it more now. I'm not sure. He he used to know Billy Sunday. Who's Billy Sunday? Google it. He was a big evangelist in the early part of the 20th century. Gotcha. But anyway, okay. he would have we'd have to go and we'd like set our timers because we wanted to hear Jack Hiles. Okay, so he's he's the he was the the bait. Yeah, oh. so he had to go first because he was tired and the whole bit. He's, I don't he's even older. know. He's yeah. just older. Okay, but he was actually the spearhead of the whole thing. But gotcha. anyway. So we would do that. We'd have to suffer through. Because you can't just come in halfway through. Oh, it's not You cannot allowed. do it. No. Because <laughs> everybody was there to get, grab a seat, a good seat. And then you, you had to hang onto your seat. So then Jack Hiles would come up. And he was very dynamic. He would, he would holler too, but not as hard. But right. he would still holler. Right. Okay. And pound the pulpit. Yeah. But he would tell story after story after story about really stuff that he knew about or he did or bible story he would always you know intertwine everything gotcha. he would he really, could tell the story oh yeah he was he would great showman well that and you would make you spellbound you know right and i just loved every minute of it right and i he would do it for an hour and a half i didn't care and you were hooked i just loved it and i was probably you know 15 16 17 i would do that all day Awesome. Okay. And then after, we would just go meet him. You know, he'd be in the foyer, and we'd just... I'm assuming they had, like, T-shirts for sale. No. No? Not even T-shirts. <laughs> no. They don't believe in. Well, they don't believe in T-shirts. Oh, God. Okay, we're talking... No, we're talking back in the hippie days, okay? This is T-shirts whole... are hippie? Yes, they're not formal. You can't wear them to church. Why would you want a T-shirt? <laughs> Nowadays, they didn't have hoodies. Nowadays, there's t-shirts everywhere. <laughs> no, t-shirts were for working out. 
Okay. They were for track and field. Okay. 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 Then what did you Different they, day. So, okay. okay. So, they have like knickknacks. So, what did you just... Okay. So, what did they sell? They sold books. Okay. And they were hardbound books. I don't think they had tapes yet because it was still early. Okay. They didn't really have the cassette tapes. I don't know if they had records. I don't remember because right. that was the only other way to do it. I just know they did sell books. Okay. And they did talk a lot about... Their college. He was starting a college. What college was this? Uh, Hiles Anderson College in Crown Point, Indiana. Oh, okay. Okay, but it was a brand new thing that he was doing. And it wasn't quite off the ground. He's just trying to get people interested in it. But it was really... Sending off healers. I really liked the Sword of the Lord conferences because Jack Hiles would come. Gotcha. We've got to, to talk about that. Okay. okay. All right, so this is what they did. This is pretty much their okay, base. so this is all the ministry that we did. Okay, that's all during your... Your M Lab, as we're we're calling this. Now, episode. what is M Lab? Uh, I don't know. You tell me. What is M Lab? It's M L A B. Yeah. What is M L A B? My life is a Baptist. Okay, so that's what this episode will be called: is M Lab. So my life is a Baptist. My life is a Baptist. So let's go ahead and break down the beginning, the the ground roots, as we'll call it, uh, for the uh, the I F B. Now. Now you're talking about Jack Hiles. He's pretty much the main speaker uh, uh, of this this movement, I guess we'll call it. I would say yes, because he was very prolific in his his book writing. Okay. He was he preached all over. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very dynamic, and for a guy in those days, he was in his mid forties, so he was. So, okay, yeah. so so he just popped up out of nowhere and just poof, there it was. I mean, I mean, did he have some setup? I mean, did he have any mentors? I mean, who's this well, okay. this guy that was speaking that was very old? Okay, you're right. He did have mentors. Okay. One is John R. Rice. Okay, let's talk. Uh, let's talk about. Is this this is the guy who spoke before, uh, in the Sword of the Lord? Okay. Yes. All yes. right. So who who is this John R. Rice character? Okay. So person? John R. Rice, he was he was mentored by another man named J. Frank Norris. Okay. Now, J. Frank Norris, this is back in the 20s and 30s, okay? Okay. A long time ago. All right. He was, the, he was actually the leader of, it was not the Independent Fundamental Baptist, but it was called an Independent Baptist Movement. It's not Southern Baptist. It's right. not American. You know, it's these guys who basically, you know, broke away from the original the Southern Baptist. Okay. Now, so. these people are from the South. Right. That's a different culture than uh, California. Oh, (laughs) yes. Well, now, J. Frank Norris was a very strong leader at that time. And there was a trial back in those days called the Scopes Trial. Now, what that trial was, it was infamous, was, was the teaching of evolution in public schools in Tennessee. Okay. So this is back in the day where they had creationism versus evolution. Okay. And they wanted to introduce evolution into the schools in the South, and when it was Tennessee, and they were fighting against it, so they went to the Supreme Court. Okay. And that was where evolution was able to be taught in the schools. Gotcha. Okay. J. Frank Norris was part of that, that kind of movement. Okay. Yeah. Okay, then there was a split between John R. Rice and him. They had fights with the Southern Baptist Convention. John R. Rice rose because he was an evangelist he would go from town to town they would have big revival meetings it wasn't sort of the lord yet but then what they would do is they would leave behind a church Mm -hmm. and that's how they planted churches in those days oh okay okay so they'd have a a small town 
everyone would go to the revival because there's nothing else to do. Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. It's like the circus came to town, and then they would establish a church, and that's kind of how he he did it. Gotcha. Okay. One of the big things that he did, which I didn't realize until I studied him. He being John Rice? Yes, John R. Rice. Mm -hmm. He was on the radio. He was a newspaper. He wrote newspaper articles. He broke up with J. Frank Norris and their relationship. He then became a mentor for Billy Graham. Shut up. Yes, he was a Billy Graham. He was... A mentor, Billy Graham, and the tale of Rice's painful parting with Graham is told from Rice's vantage point in another book that they have. Okay. So, Billy Graham, yes. The Billy Graham. Yes. So, Billy Graham came out of John R. Rice and this whole movement. Oh, okay. That's why they didn't like him at all. Ooh, okay. So, that's... Oh, all right. So, the plot does thicken. Okay, Mm -hmm. cool. Is it just John R. Rice? Who else is... Did uh, uh, Mr. Hiles, I'm sorry, Dr. Uh, Jack Hiles, who else was behind him on in regards to this? Who else well, was one mentor? of them mentors. was so mentors was uh, B.R. Lakin. Okay, okay. who is B.R. Lakin? Well, he was a Baptist preacher and an evangelist, mm-hmm. okay? He did similar things, you know, they go around, they, they preach. The interesting thing about him was they only had he and his wife only had one child who unfortunately was killed at an early age in an automobile accident Mm. so they adopted the young jerry falwell shut up and lankin mentored and poured himself into falwell's lynchburg ministry oh geez okay there is another connection okay to people that we know you know pretty much as a household name, Jerry yeah, Falwell. If you don't know who Jerry Falwell is, you're living under a rock. But go well, ahead. Well, uh, some people that are younger would not know him. Yeah, good point. Okay. You're right. But, I keep, yeah. Yeah. You're just, we all, ass- I, like, I'm assuming you know things and you I don't. don't. Yeah, I'm sorry. So, ahead, I'm sorry. Yeah, so Liberty Baptist Church in Lynchburg, Virginia is a current church and Jerry Falwell's son is running it now because Jerry Falwell has passed away. Yeah, he, believe it or not, just to kind of tail on this because... In another podcast, which I'm not going to mention, but that we did, we covered Falwell, and uh, his son is actually doing a fantastic job with what his father's left. He's done a great job running it, but, you know, Falwell did start Liberty University. Yes, he did. Still, it's it still was Liberty. It was Liberty Bible Baptist Bible College, and then it, it went into the it's university. Liberty university, yeah. So, here we have B.R. Lankin, and he has... A department of religion that's, they have like a wing or some, a school of religion that is named in honorary of B.R. Lakin, L-A-K-I-N. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, Who else? Lee Roberson. Now, he was an American pastor and an evangelist. Mm -hmm. His claim to fame was he started Tennessee Temple University. Okay. In uh, Murfreesboro. Oh. No, no, Chattanooga. Sorry. I was like, oh, we know. Murfreesboro was... Tennessee was where the sword of the Lord was. Shut up. Yes. We know we have friends yes, who live in Murfreesboro. Yes, we do. That's why when they moved there, I'm like, oh, I know that town. Oh, my gosh. So that, if you don't know where Murfreesboro is, it's right outside of Nashville. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. it is. Okay, that's where the sword of the Lord uh, headquarters were. So Tennessee <laughs> Temple was in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and gotcha. I actually considered going there myself really? before i did go to the college i ended up at and okay. we didn't talk about that yeah, we, we, we can talk about it if you want so. well not right yet okay his claim to fame was that and he had the highland park baptist church 
he did a lot in the form of Christian education for many decades. Unfortunately, Tennessee Temple is no longer in existence. No. Okay, um, I mean, still, I mean, a lot of times when people of strong, a strong leadership pass away, they don't have someone like like the son of Falwell to pick it up. Or they didn't organize it. it in a certain way. It's gonna. It's just gonna kind of dwindle down. Yeah, because I know that there's also another uh, preacher who also started with Oral Roberts University. His son uh, ran it for a while as well. So and the, his wife uh, Richard. Uh, Richard, yeah, but mm-hmm. his daughter actually runs the medical center to this day over at Oral Roberts University. So okay, good. Uh, and now sorry, the it's a other little side note. I apologize. Well, that's I fine. That, but, and then the but, last so, guy I want to mention real quick. Uh huh. He's more of a person of renowned even outside of the Baptist circle. No, His name I'm... is Jack Van Impey. Okay. Now, he he was called the Walking Bible. Now, this is in the late 60s, early 70s, and he would come and he would preach on end times, okay? And he was well, very dynamic speaker. What's up, this, this, what's up these people's alley? Oh, yeah. He was actually the one that kind of got them to structure the end times the way that they all believed. Gotcha, okay. okay. And even to this day... There are other denominations that believe the same. Okay, so they, he's they very believe the same. Yeah, because he he did branch affluent. out after this oh, okay. into outside of the Baptist circle. He even was on TBN for many years with a show. Trinity Broadcasting. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm. yes. This we're all related here, <laughs> and uh, but he had a falling out with that Trinity Broadcasting, and I can't remember why right now. But anyway, uh, yeah. but he was called the Walking Bible, and he talked about end times, and he scared the H-E double hockey sticks out of us, okay? Very nice. With so, that, and the tribulation, and all of that stuff. Okay, so you got this individual, which we call him Dr. Jack Hiles. These are some pretty impressive mentors. This is This is not, you know, just some Johnny-come-latelys or people who have just a small little resume these people are pretty pretty influential yes very much so okay so let's talk a little bit about dr jack hiles let's talk about him a little bit uh okay so let's so let's talk about him just a little bit of his background just a little bit just a little bit he was born in texas okay Okay. and during the the depression okay so he was he was dirt poor and his mother raised him by himself no, actually, that's not correct. He had a sister that's quite a bit older. They would have barely anything to survive. But he was raised in a godly home. His mother was godly, and she made sure he went to church and all that stuff and was raised up in in the Christian faith. Okay? He went to Bible college, became, uh, you know, ordained, and he had several churches in Texas that were very tiny and small out in the country, and he would... You know, teach and go and do all that stuff. He landed in Texas in um, Miller Road Baptist Church. He grew that church to about 6,000 people. That's a, that's a nice size. Yeah, he would love that place. That's where he was going to, you know, die there. He There's a big story. won't go into it on how he ended up going to Hammond, Indiana. Okay. Now, for a, a Texas boy, Hammond, Indiana, it's the northern. Okay? Pretty much. And it's Yankee land. Yes, it is. Okay. But anyway, God called him to that church. It was a established church, probably over 100 years old when he went there. And they were in a different Baptist organization. I don't remember which one. Mm-hmm. But he got called to preach there. Once he got there, there was a big split because people that had been there forever didn't like him. 
Because all the stuff that we just talked about at United Baptist Church all came from him. So he's changing this traditional Baptist church of 100 years into this soul-winning manufacturing plant. Gotcha. Okay? Gotcha. So they, they weren't going for it. Right. So they left. But he ended up, you know, doing his his the pattern of the church that we were like, just like we patterned our church after Hammond, Indiana. So there you go. Right. Okay? So that's, he was a mentor to my pastor, Larry Chapel. Okay. 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 Yeah. And what 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 else did you know? Is he, he thinks he wrote he wrote some books. I guess what it he looks wrote like, fifty two books. That's a lot of books. A lot of the books, as I was reading the list, he's incorporated. Uh, those books were just written out of sermons that he's preached. Okay. Because a lot of the titles, like oh yeah yeah, I heard him you know preach that one that one that one, you know. But a lot of the famous ones are like Blue Denim and Lace, Strength and Beauty, um, Heil Sunday School Manual. There's a there's a ton of books. Some of them are funny. No. One was called Jesus Had Short Hair. <laughs> and he has a whole sermon on and a book about it. Now remember we're fighting hippies. We're fighting hippies. Okay? <laughs> I know. I know. I know. Okay. It's just fun. Now did you ever get to meet any of these people? Oh, I met them all. You've met all these people. Oh, yeah, in okay. fact, a sad story for me. I had a Schofield Bible, an old Schofield Bible. No, it was a new one. Anyway, it was a Schofield Bible. This is a big deal, and I won't go into it, but the no, Baptists no, always had Schofield Bibles. Right. They were reference Bibles. Remember, this is this is your Yeah, exactly. This is your life, so, so it it's, mean, it's, mean, it's meaningful. Go ahead. So what we would do is we, these guys would come through, and we'd have them sign our Bible if it was a, a, you know, a popular missionary. Or, you know, these guys, sort of the Lord, or... So the guys were like rock stars. They were. They were your rock stars. Exactly. We looked up to them. So we would have them sign our Bibles, and I had all these really cool... I mean, oh my goodness, now I think about it, I just cry. I went back, oh gosh, it was probably to visit United Baptist Church, maybe in the 80s. Okay. Okay. I just wanted to go up. My mother lived nearby. We went. Gotcha. I don't even know if you guys went. I just went. Right. Okay. And I went, and it was great. And I ended up leaving my Bible there for some reason. I don't know why. I left it by accident. I called the office. They said they'd hold it for me. And I asked my mother to go pick it up. She never did. Well, no. She she went like three months later. Oh, jeez. I mean, this Bible was something I could never replace. And, I mean, she felt bad, but you know what? Dude, you know, you got to go and get my Bible. I kept asking her. Dude, go get I would have gone up. I would have probably Should've driven up. up there to get but it's it, yeah. almost 400 miles. It's worth the drive. Okay, yeah. so okay. so John R. Rice, your first, when, when did you meet John R. Rice? Well, sort of the Lord, probably in 1967 or 8. Okay. 769, I don't know, somewhere in there. Okay, and uh, so, you, so you, met, you met all these at the same time? Or oh, different? well, within the span of those years, because I was at United Baptist Church gotcha. oh, see, at so, those times. So, B.R. Larkin, same thing, mm-hmm. sort of the Lord? All that. Lee Robertson, same mm-hmm. thing? And John Van MP. Yeah, he wasn't with Sword of the Lord, but he would come through. Okay, and of course, you give us was it your first time? Oh, you on your only interaction with Jack Hiles. You want to talk about that? Oh well, you know, I just say hello. I'd be all nervous, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but he was totally sweet, and he was funny, and he'd be very respectful and loving, and 
these are the things that I knew about him, but I wasn't at his church in Hammond, Indiana. Right. Now, you took me to go see one of these guys teach, right? Maybe we went to Long Beach. Yeah. Who did we... Okay, we went down to Long Beach. It was First Baptist Church of Long Beach in California. Yeah. We went there because I believe Jack Hiles was preaching, and I wanted to see him again. This was in the 90s? Yes, it was in the 90s. Mm-hmm. I could probably research a little bit more and tell you later about more about that because uh, do you remember how old you were? Uh, I think I just remember going in the Oldsmobile. Oh, really? We were in the Oldsmobile. Okay, then we were definitely in 90, somewhere in there. Yeah, it was the Oldsmobile. I remember yeah, 90, going in the Oldsmobile. Yeah, 90, 92, somewhere in there. Yeah, we and... went to a Seven Eleven because we were early. Okay, yeah. So, <laughs> but I it's... remember that. that I, I don't remember a lot of it, but I remember that you went with me, or me, I went with you, and we were in the Oldsmobile, and you were super stoked to see this dude teach. And I was just like, okay, whatever. And, and then I do you remember the any more of it? I don't. I don't remember any of it, but I know that I enjoyed it, and you were super stoked. Okay, so it would, well, Larry Chapel, my original pastor, United Baptist Church, had a long, you know, history, but he, at that moment, was in the First Baptist Church in Long Beach, California, which is a huge church. Yeah, I remember it was massive. Yeah. It was, it was, it was huge. Yeah, it was really nice. It was. So, we lived in Anaheim, so we lived right, you know, within 20-some miles of the place. Yeah. So, we went there because I wanted to see Jack Hiles again. Right. You know, I in the church I was in at the at that point, we weren't going to have Jack Hiles come. Right. Because we weren't in that group anymore. Right. So it was exciting. Right. And I was, ex- yeah. Now, did, did, who taught I forgot the, about this. You forgot about this? Yeah, now that you, I remember now that you tell me. Oh, and I'm jogging your memory? Yeah. Yeah, no, because I know, the sad thing is I remember what I wore. Because you were very, and I do. Oh, yeah, because you, you were, had to be proper. Yes, you emphasized this. So I wore the cleanest shoes I had. I wore my, they were, they were Dickies, but they were the, the khaki green Dickies, and I think you made me wear, oh, was it a button down? I think it was a button. Collared had to be on a collared it was a, it was shirt. It was a polo shirt. It was a, a polo collared, shirt. It's yeah, a collared least, shirt. Yeah. It was a polo shirt. It was a polo shirt. Okay. I remember it was a white polo shirt. Yes, I remember this now, because I was upset because I wanted to wear my fat cap shirt, <laughs> and you told me I couldn't wear it because it's not... It wasn't. It wasn't proper, and you and you made me change the laces in my Pumas, because they were fat laces. And you said that that would. Yes, I remember this now. Yes, this is probably the reason why I distinctly remember this. And I couldn't wear my hat either, and I was really upset. So no hats. No in hats church. allowed. No. no. So yeah, this was this was a whole. Like, yeah. Well, it was a culture change for you. Oh, my gosh, it was. From where we were to this this night and day. Oh, completely night and day. That's That's why I I remember I was upset because you wouldn't let me wear my clothes. You made me change my laces because I had the fat laces. And you said, no, you can't wear those. You're not going to look like a hoodlum. That's true because in your day at that time, you were wearing the baggy pants. Yes. Yes, I was. Was, it was yes. all the the brand new hip hop stuff. Yes, the so rap stuff. Yeah. Yes, so yeah, cause that was not, that was definitely not allowed. Yeah, uh, but I know that I did enjoy myself afterwards because you did say that we would get a Slurpee or something at seven. <laughs> I had to bribe you. Yeah, bribe me. So, but that's cool. I mean, over the but you were like super like super stoked. I was. So I mean, we've 
done an adventure like that also. Okay, so you did hear Jack Hiles. Now, so that was Jack Hiles teaching. Yes. Okay, because I remember yelling. I do remember some yelling, but see, here's another little thing. You got the tapes. Yes. So you were getting these tapes for years and years and years. And, and I years. would put them in the car yes, when we'd and, go on yeah, long trips because we would go, go outreaches and yeah. stuff. So we yeah and all that. So, so I always I was, have those tapes. I was numb to the yelling and stuff. So like, oh man, this guy really is just like he's on the tape. Do you remember? I tried. I did. I failed. Yes. But I failed. Yeah. I tried and I failed. And I failed. Remember and you? I tried that's what I think. I that's when you heard and, that one. And, and next thing you know, oh, oh, I did it. And it was alone who made me do it. Like I was like, okay, all right, yes, that's the that one, was the one that's the sermon, one sermon that, you that heard I live. still yeah. remember. I'm like, it was I tried and I failed. Yeah, it was because I remember doing the whole yes, okay, and then when the tape came in, because the tape came in, I guess they recorded it. Well, they he'd say a lot of the same sermons. You okay. know, not everyone had tapes like me. Right. So they would they would you know he would say the sermon maybe on another night. In his okay. own church. No, I remember you were so like, oh my gosh, the tried and I failed. I remember, see, certain things, same thing jogged my memory as well. But I do remember that I tried and failed. So it was Jack Out. Yes. So I did get to see him Yay. teach. Yay. Okay. I'm involved now, vested. Yay. <laughs> okay. So so there, there's your setup, ladies and gentlemen. Setup for, unfortunately, we are going to dice. It's going to be a part two. There's going to be at least at a part At least two. a part two. At least a part two to this, guys. We are going to break yeah, down. because we are way over our time. Oh, it's okay. That's fine. This is a good story. We're telling a good story. Well, here. not only that, people, with the lovely thing about a podcast is you can pause it and yes. come back. Isn't that nifty? I do oh, that all the time. Oh, technology. So... This is pretty much the wrap-up for now for episode one is My Life as a Baptist. Of course, Holly is going to chime in when we're talking and discussing certain things when we are breaking down. Now, what uh, is the next part going to be about? Well, we're going to, well, I was going to say, we're going we're gonna to break down the, the man that the congregation only called him preacher, but everyone else called him Dr. Jack Hiles. We're going to break him down because... Some information has come to my attention that there's a little more than meets the eye with Mr. Hiles. So you mean preacher? I mean, well, I'm not a member of or Doctor. Oh Hiles. yeah, it's either Doctor Jack, Doctor Hiles. Yeah. Hiles, or Doctor Jack Hiles, or if you're a, a certified member, I guess they call. Certified well, if you go to the uh, First Baptist Church of Hammond, Indiana. Yeah, you did not call him by his name; you called him preacher. Preacher. So. Alrighty, guys. Well, we hope you enjoyed this uh, this special episode. Of course, I'm actually looking forward to uh, the breakdown of Jack Hiles. Uh, it's going to be. I'm I'm very excited. I'm very ecstatic. I can't wait for episode two. But until then, good night, Holly. Good night, Carl. <laughs>